With a war band of gnolls in hot pursuit, Octavia and Carhoon are making their stand. Will they survive the encounter? Will the gnolls' ravenous hunger be their downfall? Or is it time to pay the knoll toll? Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. Welcome to me, my spouse, and a die. I am Gwyneth, your resident ASMR, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. And I am Austin, your resident dungeon master. If you like what you hear in the next hour, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcast app. The best way for us to grow right now is by sharing us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us or any of your nerdy friends who you think might be interested. Or any of your non-nerdy friends, because we think this show is accessible to people of all walks of life. That is Ah. very true. (laughs) Show us to everyone. Walking down the street, just look at a person and say, hey, have you heard me and my spouse going to die? And they'll be like, no, what's that? Given a meeting at your work, just say, hey, (laughs) thanks for listening. And by the way, have you heard of me and my spouse going to die? It's a great podcast. (laughs) Riding the bus. Just grab their phone, the person sitting next to you, and be like, hey, quit looking at whatever it is you're looking at. Go to me, my spouse, and die. (laughs) And when we say rate, we mean five stars, please. None of that one star crap. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like if you have something critical to say, like maybe say it to us privately and then we can improve. I'm very self-conscious and you don't want to hurt my feelings, do you? No. Um, so I think it's crazy that we are recording episode seven right now. I don't know if it's too much of a glimpse behind the curtain, but we're recording episode seven and we haven't actually released anything publicly. Uh, we're still a little over a week out from our official launch date, uh, but we wanted to get a bunch in the tank because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm a grad student and she's an attorney, so our schedules are somewhat... <laughs> They can be complicated. Yeah. Uh, so we wanted to get uh, some in the tank so that if we have to miss a week, uh, if, if we can't record on a certain week, that you guys don't suffer um, and that we have constantly have content to put out regardless of whether we can record that week or not. So so it'll probably be a solid, what, month or so before anybody hears this particular episode. But I think it's cool. We're recording episode seven. I'm excited. I love gnolls. They're they're my favorite low-level monster. I love them. Um, so I'm ready to go. You're really part of the kimono there, my love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so. it's it's so true. Like it's it's really exciting to have these have these in the tank. Um because you know, you never are are kind of you know, sure what what happens there with life. And so it's like, we really want to be consistent for y'all. And, you yeah. know, if we say that we're going to release weekly, we're going to do everything in our power to release weekly. And if that means, yep. you know, having pre-recorded um, a, a decent number of episodes prior to even launching so that we make sure that we can do that for y'all, like that's that's what we're going to do. So I am very excited to have this kind of like first really like intensive combat for Octavia. She is out of wild shapes. Um <laughs> she is down one second level spell slot, so she is relegated to one second level spell and then all of her first level spells. Um, and then, of course, cantrips. Um, I shouldn't let you know this as the DM. You let me know this. I know, but I, you know, want our our uh, listeners to know in what dire straits Octavia finds herself in. Ha <laughs> Well, I am excited. So let's just jump into it. Before we get <sighs> right into it, I will just say uh, our sounds and music today, as always, are provided by Sirenscape. That's S-Y-R-I-N-Scape. Mm-hmm. Check them out at sirenscape.com. Um, I think they're adding a lot to th- these podcast episodes. So if you want to add that same something to your weekly game or your podcast, check them out. 
Uh, they, they do good work. So without further ado, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. All right, so you find yourself in a copse of evergreen trees. You've been running throughout the night. You and Carhoon are tired. You're you're panting, but you are lying down covered in mud, uh, sort of dug into potentially shallow graves. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Don't sound uh, so excited. <laughs> uh, covered in, in pine needles and dead grass, trying to conceal yourselves from the band of gnolls that you know are approaching dead on your tails. Uh, you've heard them coming all night, hot on, hot in pursuit, and you see them cresting uh, a hill approaching you from the south. You know there are six gnolls in total, who are chasing you. Okay. You've set a trap. You've hidden mm-hmm. yourselves in this copse of trees, trying to give yourself some cover, tried to separate yourselves to give you as many advantages as you can because you know this will be a tough fight. Yeah. So, these gnolls are approaching. Within a few seconds, they will be at this copse of trees. What do you do? Well, I have a ready to action that once they get to my trap and mm-hmm. ostensibly one of the gnolls gets uh, caught up in the trap I am going to release a spell ah okay uh, so you and Carhoon just stay silent dead still roll me a stealth check I'll <laughs> say you can have advantage because you're already hidden but okay. basically to to account for your breathing, to account for any m- right. subtle motions or movements you may be making. Okay. For, uh, for both of you. Okay. Sorry, you said stealth, right? Yes. Okay. For both. I'm sorry. Did you say with advantage because we pre- were preparing? Yeah. So you're you're both hidden right now. This is basically just a stealth check to say, okay. like, do you cough while you are covered in these pine needles to alert these gnolls to your presence? Okay. So, so Octavia rolls a fifteen. And, ooh, hot dang. Uh, Carhoon rolls a 21. He is silence incarnate. Yeah, you both feel like you're doing a pretty good job of staying silent after a few very tense minutes. You hear the padding of footfalls approaching mm-hmm. this copse mm-hmm. of trees, and you you can see from your vantage points a group of six gnolls. Oh, approaching uh, spears in hand their bloodshot eyes and and little hyena like ears peaked listening for any sound of movement they can find they they wear armor that's covered in trophies from battles past human fingers and, oh. and ears and things strung up on on strings around their necks they're all sort of snarling and yipping and and biting at each other they approach this copse of trees. And they are all sniffing about. And they are going to roll a perception check to see what they see. Fail! <laughs> there seems to be one sort of who's who's in the lead of this, this band and it's sniffing the ground. It pads its way up to this group of trees and it's looking up and looking over and it looks scans its beady eyes across the ground. And it takes a step forward onto the spot of your trap. Yes! And flang, it triggers yes! your trap. The okay. rope begins to constrict around its leg, and it is going to attempt to jump out, but oh, it rolls a natural four. <laughs> your hempen rope constricts on its leg and flings it high into the air. It is uh, suspended, hanging upside down. It drops its spear, which clangs to the ground, and it is hanging uh, by its foot in the air, helpless. Uh, The five other gnolls uh, recoil and point their spears at whatever hidden threat there may be. I'm going to have everyone roll initiative, and I'll let you cast your spell in a surprise round. Sounds good. All right. Let's go. Octavia's initiative is... Oh, that is only 11. Okay. And then Carhoon's initiative is... Right, it is 13. Not very great. All right. The band of gnolls rolls a... 
Pretty good. They roll a 19, oh, so man. they will go first. Except for my surprise round. Except you get a surprise round. Okay. So, please. How close are all of the other gnolls to the knoll that is up in the air? The other gnolls, so they're in... So they're probably right on the edge of this copse of trees. So they're... Just for convenience's sake, I'll put them within about 30 feet of you and Carhoon's hiding spots. I, I don't care how close they are to me. How close are they to the car to the knoll that is up in the air to my trap? Oh, they're 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 very they're very close. I'll say okay. they're about fifteen feet away. He oh, that okay. knoll sort of stepped forward, but the rest of them are are hanging back, but not too far back. So okay. yeah, they're they're only about fifteen feet away. Oh, so like the okay, are they within like ten feet, or are they literally within fifteen feet? Well, since you're asking it like that, let me resort to my smiley face dice, shall we? Roll with advantage. That is a smiley face with angry eyebrows. So I'll say that... I will say that... Three of them are within 10 feet. Okay. And two of them are are about 15 to 20 feet away. Okay. So, with the trap being sprung, and with three of them being within 10 feet, Mm -hmm. Octavia's readied spell is triggered and she calls down from the heavens as this is especially appropriate that it is night she calls down a moonbeam ah okay so i would like all of the gnolls that are within this 10 foot diameter to make a constitution saving throw and i would imagine that the constrained knoll would make that at disadvantage because he cannot well, move. If it was a dexterity saving throw, he would I would rule he automatically fails. But since it is a constitution saving throw, that that does not apply. I mean, yeah, if it's a dex save, I would assume he would auto fail, but I'm not asking for an auto fail. I'm just asking for disadvantage. Well, we will we will see. I'll roll for the three who are not constrained first. Okay. Oh, where were these rolls last time? Do you want to know what I rolled? I rolled three d20. Uh-huh. I rolled a natural 19. Uh-huh. A natural 20. Oh! And a natural 20. Oh my gosh, are you serious? I am not joking. Oh! I would take a picture. I'm gonna get... I'm getting... You know, bit so in I'm the gonna behind. Guess, I'm gonna guess that is three passes. The one who is constrained. Yeah, you know what? He's constrained. He's in a trap. I'll roll at disadvantage. It oh, rolls a constitution, you say? Yes. That is a 10, so I'm gonna guess that is oh, a fail. Oh, that is indeed a fail. So the one who is constrained fails. Those other three succeed, but. Mm-hmm. They take half? They still take half. Alrighty. Perfect. Alright, roll me that damage, baby. So that is 11 damage, so the constrained knoll takes 11 mm-hmm. radiant damage. I don't know if, okay. with them being evil creatures, if that applies. And nope. then the people who fail, uh, who succeeded, they take only 5, because they take half. Um, I think they take 6. I think the rule is round up. Oh, is it ro- Maybe it's round, round up? Down. Oh! <laughs> I, I mean, if you want, if you want to round up for their damage, I'm fine. I'm with gonna that. say because we only have one player here, I'm gonna round up. So okay, suck it. Uh, <laughs> Sounds so they good. all take six. All right, so they all so they take six damage, and the one who's constrained takes eleven. Takes now. Eleven, beautiful. So a radiant beam of light shoots down from the sky and encompasses these groups of gnolls, and uh, the one constrained howls wildly. Uh, I, I don't know how to mimic a hyena; it's very difficult. <laughs> uh, and the other three seem seem hurt by it, singed. Uh, but not as much as they could have been. So, it is their turn. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, If it starts its turn there, you must also make a constitution saving throw. Okay, yeah, we enter the actual initiative out of the surprise round. Um, So, since all of the gnolls go first, the one who is incapacitated makes a constitution saving throw. That is a three. That, that is, is a, fail. a fail. And then the other three 
make one of them passes with a natural 18. The okay. other two rolled natural sixes. So that is going to be two fails. So Already? One success and three failures. One Roll me success. that damage okay. again. Good choice of spell. Thank you. So the ones who failed, I'll take nine. Okay. And then the one who succeeds, if we're rounding up, take mm-hmm. five. Okay, nine points of damage. For the ones who fail. For the fails, and five for the one who doesn't. Correct. Okay, perfect. All right, so uh, as they remain in this beam of radiant light, uh, they begin to yip a louder. Uh, you know you're causing a significant amount of harm to them. Uh, mm-hmm. So they still don't know exactly where you are. Um, tell me, do you have the spell Moonbeam in front of you? I do. Does it require somatic components it and verbal does. components? It does. All right, roll me a stealth check okay. versus their perception check to see if they can figure out where, where you I am. Are. Yeah. Yes, I'm just going to roll uh, a group check for them. 13. 13? Okay, perception. They roll, yes, uh, they roll a 14. Oh, okay. So oh, as, just, as you cast this spell, they over. see... Yep, just barely. They see movement just just uh, in this little lump of dirt barely in front of them. So they know they they see you and the ones who were able ready their spears and look towards you. Although they don't seem to have seen Carhoon yet. Okay. So does Carhoon still have like a surprise action that he may do? Uh, you didn't you didn't specify uh, that Carhoon had any ready action. Uh, that I think was it would my be bad. I mean, I think it would be really hard for him to, like, have a, a bow and arrow readied while yeah. hiding in yeah. a shallow hole, so I, I think that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to say the the three who were caught in uh, the moonbeam who have seen you, mm-hmm. they're all going to... Um, they're going to approach you. Okay. So three of them walk up to you, and they're going to take stabs at you with their spears. That is an... Do I get any cover with being in kind of a cops? I was going to say technically, since you're prone, they should have advantage on these hits. But I'm not like... I'm not like prone prone. I mean... I'm like prepared prone. Yeah, so we're gonna... I, I just rolled regularly. We're gonna leave it at that. Okay. Again, one player, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt Thank as you. far as combat situations go. But one of them rolls a... Gosh, an 11 to hit. One of them rolls an 8 to hit. And one of them rolls a 20 non-natural to hit. The 20 does indeed hit. Alright, they they stab at you. You manage to roll out of one spear. Roll out of, out of the, the path of another spear. But then one pierces you for uh, seven points of piercing damage. Oh, man. That's ugly. Yeah, the other two, they know that uh, they were chasing two individuals, not Mm -hmm. one. They're going to make a perception check to see if they can locate the second individual. Okay. Have Carhoon roll me a stealth check. Okay. They rolled a 10. Well, he rolled a 12. All right. Carhoon remains hidden for the time being. Okay. It is your turn. Okay. Wait, sorry. It is Carhoon's turn, and then it's your turn. Okay. So... So they have not seen Carhoon yet. They do not know where Carhoon is currently. Okay. I'll say they, they approach. They're maybe about 15 feet away at this point. They've sort of... Uh, moved their way into this copse of trees, sniffing around, looking for uh, signs of another humanoid. Okay, so you said 15 feet away? Yeah, so they're probably at 15 feet away. Okay. The three that got caught in the moonbeam, where are those uh, other two? The three that are caught in the moonbeam walked up to you, so they are surrounding you because they stabbed you with spears. The other two are the ones who approached looking for Carhoon, so they have stepped. They're about 15 feet uh, within you and him. And then there's the one that's just dangling from the trees. And there's the one who was dangling from the trees, yes. Okay. Okay. What's Carhoon do? He 
is going to burst out from our hiding place, grasping his great axe, and is going to strike at one of those two close knolls. Okay, he bursts out, he rushes up, and he swings his great axe. Roll me. That is going to be a 22 to hit. What was it on the die? A 16. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's kind of good to hit. Yeah. Yeah, he cleaves into this guy. Okay. Roll me that damage, baby. Oh, nice. That is going to be 11 slashing damage. Yeah, you. Carhoon's a monster. He is. I like Carhoon. I mean, Carhoon. Octavia has mixed feelings about him, but. (laughs) But you, the player, let's go. But me, I'm like, yeah, Carhoon! Carhoon cleaves into this knoll and it uh, sort of springs back and yelps as his great axe slashes it across the chest. Your turn. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm going to be asking a lot about space. Um, So. They, the the three gnolls that had been caught in the moonbeam that were not up in the air are approaching me. They're stabbing me with spears, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So how much of a distance is it in between me and the knoll that is up in the air? So they moved up. They were about 30 feet away. They moved their full distance. The other two moved about halfway. So he's, uh, yeah, I'll say he's sort of in the middle uh, of this. He's probably about... 15 feet away in front of you whereas the other the Carhoon is probably 20 feet to your one side and then the other gnolls are in front of you but he's he's about 15 feet away and 10, 10 or so feet off feet the ground in the air. We'll say. so if they're yeah. stabbing me with spears I'm assuming they're not adjacent to me that they're like 5 feet away no spears do not have reach oh wait really yeah spears oh. uh, spears don't have reach spears are you are they are adjacent hmm Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize uh, that. If okay. you were to just run, you would get a bunch of opportunity attacks. Okay, 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 okay. Well, then, I am going to move the moonbeam on okay. top of those three guys that are adjacent to me. Okay. And as bonus action, I'm going to cast Shillelagh on my staff. Okay. You do that. So, wh- wait, what is what is it to move the moonbeam? It is unfortunately a whole action. It's not a bonus action. And so at the okay. start of their next turn, those gnolls will have to make a con save again. I see. So you stay where you are. You yeah. cast shillelagh on your, walk, on your, your staff. Mm-hmm. It hums with a magical energy, and then the moonbeam begins to shift over and encompasses the three gnolls in front of you. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, does it matter if you are in the, the diameter? I'm going to make it so that I'm not. <laughs> okay. Um, so it encompasses those three. Yes. And it comes back to the top of the round, round two. So we have three, the three in front of you. The one who is hanging, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, is no longer inside this, this pillar of light. Mm-hmm. So the other three. One, two, three. Are going to make constitution saving throws, yes? Yes. Ooh. Knoll number one rolls a critical fail. Knoll number two <laughs> rolls a natural 19. And knoll number three rolls a natural four. So that's uh, going to be two failures and a success. Okay, does the does the one take double damage? No. <laughs> oh, don't blame me for asking. <laughs> no, 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 no. Alrighty, so that is... Okay, that is going to be 11 for the gnolls that six that failed. Mm-hmm. And if we're rolling, if we're rounding up, that's mm-hmm. six? Six, yep. For the gnoll that succeeded. Gnoll number two, who out of the gnolls who have been hit by the moonbeam had the most hit points left, mm-hmm. had 11 hit points left. Uh, he dies. Yes, one down. Gnoll number three. Had seven hit points ah, left. He dies. Yeah. Null number two, who succeeded his save, had seven hit points <gasps> left. Oh. He is inches from oh, death. Oh, he has one hit point left. 
but you slide this moonbeam over to you. It encompasses these three gnolls, and two of them just oh. wither up and fall. They crumble to <laughs> dust in front of you, and there is just one left. Yes! So there's one in front of you, one hanging from his toes, and two who are right in front and engaged in melee with Carhoon Osidius. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is... So it's still the gnoll's turn. Okay. So the incapacitated one is going to try to wriggle free, having caught his bearings. Um, I'm going to set this as a DC... Uh, it. I mean, he just has to basically cut the rope, so I'm going to call it a DC 13 dexterity save. Okay. And it rolls a... Natural 13. It cuts, uh, it uh, manages to cut the rope and falls to the ground. Now it is 10 feet up, so it takes 1d6 falling damage. Mm-hmm. And, <sighs> oh my gosh, what did you roll? I rolled a 6. Oh, yes! <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but yay! Wait, you... I have written down here mm-hmm. that he had two hit points left. I mean, he had disadvantage, and so he he was hit That's with right. the moonbeam. That's right, he moon failed beam. twice. Yeah, he failed twice, and so he got the yep. full brunt of the moonbeam twice. <sighs> wow, what an idiot. He chops the rope holding his leg. He plummets oh, to the ground, no. and he just hits his head right <laughs> on a rock, splits it open, and he falls limp and twitching to the ground. Oh, no! Son of a gun. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well. <laughs> that falling damage gets you every time. Gets me every time. All right. Uh, the one in front of you who is still alive is going to take a... Hmm. It is going to stab at you with its spear. Okay. Uh, it is going to grab onto it with both hands and try to really jam it in. So if it hits, it will do slightly more damage. Ooh, okay. He rolls a... Natural six. That's a ten. Ten total. Yeah, it misses. That is a miss. It glances off your whatever kind of armor you are wearing, and the gnome snarls in your face. Its breath stinks of rotting meat and gross things. Uh, (laughs) Octavia snarls like right back. I'm like, boy, I was just a bear. I know how to snarl right back at you. The other two next to Carhoon both are going to hit their spears, take stabs at him. Okay. One of them rolls a 9, one of them rolls a 14 to hit. I'm assuming the 14 hits. I mean, you have his sheet. What is his AC? Oh, well, did he? Did they roll a natural 14 or that was a... F- no, 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 no. Oh, that, oh, that's oh, 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 neither of them hit then. Okay. Sorry. If, I, I, if it's a natural roll, I will, I will say natural. I was just... Assuming. Yep. Total total of 14. Well, both of them miss then. They both take stabs and they're snarling at his face and he again snarls right back as their spears <laughs> glance off his armor as well. It is Carhoon's turn. There are two gnolls engaged in front of him. What does he do? He is going to target the same knoll that he hit last time with his gray axe. He's going to grasp it in both hands? Is a great axe a two-handed weapon? No. Okay. I mean, it, it is a two-handed weapon, but it doesn't give it any benefit okay. from being two-handed. Just for flavor's sake, he's gonna take it sure. in two hands, and he's going to hoist it above his head and bear down on this knoll for a 13? Uh, 13 is a miss. The knoll uh, dodges deftly out of the way as his axe cleaves the air yeah. next to it. Um, it is your oomph. turn. O- too much oomph, not enough. Too much oomph. Alright, your turn. What do you do? Alright. One knoll is standing directly in front of you. Looks like it's clinging on to life by a claw. How far away is Carhoon again? And the knolls in Carhoon's front of him? Carhoon's about 20 feet to your left. And the knolls are adjacent to him. Are they adjacent closer to me or are they adjacent like in front of him they are in front of him so the closest one is probably about 25 feet away huh okay 
What does Octavia do? Octavia is going to move the moonbeam on top of the two knolls that are adjacent to Carhoon. Okay, well, it's, what's the range on how to move a moonbeam? I can move it up to 120 feet as an action. And that's going to be my action. Um, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's not the range? I think you could probably move it 30 feet. That, I, I am sorry. That. I, I am sorry. I'm sorry. Feet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I misread it. <laughs> uh, I can move it 6D feet. Okay. I can buy that. <laughs> I am. I just misread the one thing. No, no, you're good. Sorry you're good. about yeah, that. Yeah, you. The moonbeam begins to carve a path through this copse of trees, sixty feet, encompassing the other two. No. Yes. Uh, and then that's that's my full action. Uh, that is your action. Uh, yes, and that is all I can do. All right. I mean, you can move if you want to. Yeah, I'm gonna incur from the sky. It's true. All right, uh, so it, it comes back to round, what, three, four? I think it's just round three, honestly. I think it's just three. <laughs> you've made you made pretty quick work of these guys. Mm. Moonbeam's a good spell. It's been doing good. It has been doing great, and I have not been rolling particularly well. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So, oh, no, that's good. Uh, you, you move this moonbeam. It is now encompassing the two knolls in front of Carhoon. They yes. are going to roll constitution saving throws. Yes. I'll say the one who is wounded is my green die. The other one is my blue and white die. Okay. So the wounded one rolls a constitution. That is a five. So- oh my gosh, they both rolled five. <gasps> oh, I'm so sorry, but they both fail. Wow, every d20 is just garbage. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to roll the boulder. Oh, that is true. You never know. It usually rolls quite well for y'all. So they are going to take the full brunt of this moonbeam for a total of eight points of radiant damage. Eight points of radiant damage. All right, they squeal and howl as they also are engulfed in this radiant beam of damaging light. One of them similarly looks like it is grasping onto to life by a, a forefinger. Uh, the other one looks all right. It hadn't okay. been touched. Right. But one of them is not looking so good. Uh, so one of them is in front of you. Mm-hmm. Two of them are in front of Carhoon. Mm-hmm. The one in front of you makes a roll. It is going to attack you with its spear. I still can't believe that a spear is not a reach weapon. Sorry. Um... I mean, you could, it's a, you can throw it, but I mean, there's like lances and glaives and stuff for reach weapons. I know, but I mean, like, usually spears are really long. I rolled a natural two against oh, you, so that's... I'm so sorry, except I'm not. I need, I need new die. I, I need uh, new dice. I, 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 I need sorry, new d20s. <laughs> I thought your gummy fish were doing so good for you. I mean, at last... Last time we recorded, I rolled like four natural ones. I rolled, I've rolled three natural ones now. I've rolled like fives and twos and threes. Man. Oh, man. Uh, well, the two against Carhoon are going to roll. I rolled two natural twenties on saves. You did. Course. Oh my gosh! I rolled another five and then a natural thirteen. Which is going to be a seventeen to hit. The seventeen hits. Finally, goodness. Okay, one of their spears finds purchase in Carhoon's fleshy body, and he takes <laughs> five points of piercing Ew. damage. The knoll howls out in savage victory. <laughs> Carhoon, it is his turn. You are up next. All right. There are two knolls directly in front of him. Okay. Jabbing at him with spears. He is going to take his gray axe and swing at the knoll that looks less damaged. Less damaged. Correct. Okay. That is a 16 to hit. 16 is a hit! Yeah, baby! Oh my gosh, that is minimum damage of three slashing damage. Man. Three points of damage. Oh, you, you hit him. It... it. You take the limb. It yips. <laughs> yip. 
in pain, but uh, you don't feel like you've done a ton. It is your turn, Octavia, and then we come back to the start of the round. All right, I am going to hoist my quarterstaff above my head and bring it down with the power of shillelagh on top of this gnoll's head. All right. That is a 14 to hit. AC 15. Ah, are you serious? Oh my gosh. He's clinging to life itself, and maybe that gives it the extra motivation to dodge out of the way of your magically imbued staff. Well, I'm going to cast Shillelagh back on that staff as a bonus action then. Oh, I don't think you have to cast it every time. I think it just stays for a while. Yeah, read the check the duration of Shillelagh. That's I think true. it lasts it, That's for... true. I don't need to. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, All right. Um, in any case, he passed it. He passed it. All right. It is the Knoll's turn again. Mm. and sh- They need to roll some concepts. I was going to say, both of them are still in this moonbeam. Mm-hmm. Neither of them moved because I don't want to take an opportunity attack. Mm-hmm. All right. So, blue die is the more damaged one. Green die is the less damaged okay. one. Constitution. Correct. Oh my gosh. Ten and four. Uh, they both fail. So they both get to take 2d10. Dang it. Son of a gun. Oh, I rolled really low. They both only take four damage. <laughs> well, you get one. Yay! The more damaged one just falls to his knees and disintegrates. The radiant damage just evaporates its fleshly form. The other one looks singed, but it is not going down yet. So we have one attack against you, one attack against Mm -hmm. Carhoon. Oh gosh, is there any die that hasn't failed me utterly? Let me try these two again. It's it's really interesting. Both Carhoon and I have taken 11 points of damage. 11 hit points? Well... I'm going to say my brass, my gnomish copper mm. D20 is versus you, and the red speckly one is against Carhoon. Thanks, North so. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Roll them. Oh, bud. Oh, I'm so sorry. Gnomish copper rolled a natural six. That's oh. a 10 versus AC. Red Speckly rolled a natural three. That's a seven versus AC. Oh. I'm going to guess both of those fail. Both of those fail. Man, <laughs> it would be great if my monsters could hit anything. <laughs> oh, but I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, six gnolls versus two level three people should be, you know, that should be a relatively tough fight. It's not if they can't roll above a seven. <laughs> uh, okay, so they both uh, stab at you, but they nothing, nothing, nothing. They don't hit. No purchase. You guys are like, man, we could just stand here and they couldn't hit us. <sighs> yeah, you know what? I think the one, I think the one against you, uh-huh. it's gonna, it's gonna try to, re- you know, no, it's gonna stay there for one more round. Um, So it is Carhoon's turn. He has one null in front of it. He's just going to slash his great axe against that knoll once again. Oh, that's not great. That is a 13 to hit. I keep rolling badly. 13 to hit. Yep, that's a miss. Oh my gosh. Shoot, I should have moved that mole out of the moonbeam. Yeah, because at the start of his turn, he's going to get it again. Son of a gun. Well... Knolls have a minus two to intelligence, so... <laughs> oh, they're so dumb! Knolls are pretty stupid. So, yeah, he's... It doesn't It doesn't know what the what the scoop is. Okay. So, Carhoon misses. The Knoll yeah. snarls at him. And then there's one in front of you. What do you do? I attack it with my quarterstaff. All right, roll it. Oh, that's a bit better. That is a, a 22 hit! Your 20 hits. Yes. All right. I am going to do some damage to it. I do eight damage. Well, that's great. Because you know how many hit points it had left? Seven. One. 
Uh, you smack him across the head, and its eyes just roll up into the into the back of its head, and it collapses limp to the ground. <laughs> Can I just do a little boop on the nose, and then it goes boop. down? <laughs> Stupid. I probably I should have moved them out of the moonbeam, but that's my own fault. Um, so the last one, the one in front of you, or sorry, the one in front of Carhoon, still in the moonbeam. It's its turn. It rolls a Constitution saving mm-hmm. throw. Please die. Don't roll below ten. Take a wild guess what I just rolled. An eleven. Natural one. Oh my gosh! Are you serious? I am not joking. Bun! Like I have not. I have not like BS to roll this whole podcast so far. You've rolled As a so terribly. One. I have rolled like garbage. I am so sorry. For seven episodes. Oh, I know. Like this is this wasn't even just like today. Like every single episode, you've rolled oh, so bad. Man. All right. Well. Oh, I'm so sorry. But here goes two d10 worth of radiant damage. Two d10 versus yeah. You could end it here. That's 17 points of radiant damage. Um. <laughs> yep. It had seven hit points left. <laughs> it's like in the end of uh, Indiana Jones and uh, the Last Crusade. It just like turns into dust and is blown away by the wind. <laughs> dust in the wind. <laughs> man. I'm so I love, sorry. I love Knowles, but man. Those gnolls kind of sucked, huh? We kind of made short work of that. <laughs> Moonbeam is awesome, though. Am I Moonbeam's right? Moonbeam's pretty good. If they were a smarter enemy, they probably would have moved out of the range yeah. of it. But they have a, their intelligence soar, score is six. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, I mean they're very they're animalistic. <laughs> oh, they're they, so like I dumb. said, they love violence. Yeah, but they don't really. They they have no higher brain function. They're they're very. They're monsters in the in this all sense of the word. Yeah. Who? Man. Icy so bitey. you, this last knoll just disintegrates in front of, uh, in front of Carhoon's eyes, and you can dispel the moonbeam if you wish, but the the night air becomes silent once again as you look around you at these scattered bodies everywhere. Six of them. Hmm. Some reduced to dust, some not. Uh, you both are panting, covered in sweat in the cold night air. The moon is shining brightly down upon you in this copse of trees. What do you do? Man. Octavia will go up to Carhoon and say, I think it was best if we continue north for even an hour or so beyond this place. Uh, Surely the stench of these gnolls will soon become more a scent to the air that we do not want to be associated with, so I think it would be best if we leave this place. I agree. I am... I am very anxious to leave all of this behind us. How have you fared during this battle? I've taken 11 hit points of damage out of 29. Okay, so I mean, they did a little bit. That's they did good, a little bit. We both, it's, it's, it's funny because Carhoon and I both took 11 points of damage. Well, uh, you, you both have succeeded with flying colors. Can we loot the bodies? Yeah, so you guys look, um, these gnolls, each of them is wearing hide armor. Oh. Each of them has... A crude wooden shield. Okay. Um, and they all were carrying a spear, and there was a longbow strung across their back. But it doesn't appear that they have anything else of value. They don't really have any currency. They don't have money. They don't have like uh, coin palaces. None of them are decked hmm. out in anything magical. Okay. They probably wouldn't know what to do with it if they had it. So. <laughs> They'd like try to eat it. <laughs> yeah, basically. Can I eat this ruby? I eat it. <laughs> I'm assuming that carrying additional sets of hide armor would be kind of beyond my carrying capacity. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this isn't Skyrim. You can't just hoard. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just hoard armors and offload them. Fifteen to sets of dragon bone. Yep. Oh, I missed Lydia. You can't Why just don't give I have Lydia? Lydia? Oh my gosh, good old Lydia. Carhoon oh. is not. Is not. <laughs> I am sworn to carry your burdens. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that takes me back. That's fantastic. Now, <laughs> hide armor wouldn't be better than what Carhoon is wearing, right? Oh, uh, what's Carhoon wearing a again? A chain shirt? Definitely not. Okay. Are you serious with a plus two dex? With a what? Plus two dex. What's his AC? 15. 15? I mean, I don't have the PHB with me right now, but he he likes he likes his chain shirt. He does not seem like he wants to swap it out for this knoll armor. Okay. Hide armor is not something that like is hard to come by. He definitely could have bought some if he wanted to at any point. I'm just wanting uh, to make he, sure that my my people are as protected as possible. Yeah. His it looks like he and his chainmail his chain shirt have seen a lot. Okay. Okay. So. Well, then I might pick up the longbow that one of them have. Sure. And, you know, their quiver, but that's about it. Okay, uh, you, you can grab that, no problem. And you've got, you know, enough arrows. Cool. <laughs> I don't have to, like, enough. scavenge the battlefield with a 50% 50, 50 chance of finding, like, half the amount that I had. Um, I'll say, you've, you've got enough arrows. <laughs> okay, perfect. You don't want to go into arrow economy. I mean... Not, not right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> because I don't think that'll be your main form of combat. Yeah, no. So you've, uh, you've got about a dozen or so arrows. Okay. That's good enough for me. Um, so do you guys continue heading north? Yeah, we continue heading north. All right. So at this point, um, you've probably passed, uh, you know, where Lake Ansel would be on the north-south scale. Okay. Uh, so you you went south, you scooped around west, and now you're heading north. Yeah. Um, and so you know there's there's a good portion of grassland in between you and the the city of Montignon, mm -hmm. which is up uh, nestled in the the northern reaches of Absalon's Tail, up the the mountain range. Mm -hmm. So you guys feel pretty confident that there aren't any other monsters trailing you. Okay. Uh, you haven't heard anything. So do you, you continue walking? Is there anything you'd like to say to Carhoon, or do you, the two of you, just sort of continue on through the night? Uh, do you find a place to rest? What's your plan? Uh, I think that we probably continue on for um, about an hour or so or maybe a couple hours before we find a place to rest uh, but then I think that we'd both want to as soon as we kind of feel that we are outside of outside of you know the reach of the monsters mm -hmm. we would want to find a place to rest okay are you looking for a specific like thing to rest in like it is generally speaking grassland I mean, if there could be some sort of copse of trees, if there is any sort of, uh, you know, bigger, larger mount, you know, hills or larger kind of, you know, the rolling hills leading up into the mountains, if there's any rocky ground that would provide a bit more cover, that is what <laughs> we'd be looking for and keeping an eye out prior to bedding down. Okay, roll me a survival okay. check, please. Uh, do you want two? One for me and for Carhoon? Um, sure. Okay. I roll... Or you can choose. Yeah. Yeah, I'll roll two just in case. Carhoon rolls a nine. I roll a... Sorry, you said survival, right? Survival, okay. please. Yeah. <laughs> I rolled an 11. He rolled a nine. Okay, you don't manage to find another copse of trees. You you maybe find a, a sort of hilly region with maybe some maybe some like boulders and, and a, a large sort of rocky outcropping that will give you enough shelter. Maybe not not a ton of shelter, but enough that, okay. that you feel like you can comfortably or spend the night without fear of too many things wandering upon your campsite. Uh, so you and Carhoon settle in. He starts to you know get his his bedroll out and sorted. 
lights a fire, huh? Has some has some rations. Uh, do you do you speak to him? Is there anything you'd like to know about him, or any burning questions you have to ask? Uh, I mean, yes and no. Okay. She is interested in him as a messenger. Um, but also disinterested in him due to his being an elf. But curiosity will will win the day, and so she'll she'll ask, uh, Carhoon, tell me about where you come from. Tell me about where your I family. Come from. <sighs> well, as I've as I said, I am a scholar from. The city of Elistria. Uh, my family, I do not have much to, to speak of. My, my parents were, uh, they were. I don't have many fond memories, but I do not have many memories ill of them either. They provided me with a fine education, uh, with a comfortable childhood. I went to the best universities in Elistria. I, Studied with the, with the most profound researchers, and, and when I was of age, I, I left to make my own way in in the world. I have no such family since then. I have not, I have not uh, married. I have not mated. I have no, no children to speak of. Do you have any siblings? I, I as many. Of the elven culture, we are only, only children given to our long lives, much, much longer than that of the, the humans. We would very easily give way to overpopulation if there were many children to go around. So, no, we, I, I am an only child. I have no siblings. Mm. Octavia nods and kind of gestures for him to continue. Well, I. Unfortunately, my life has been relatively mundane up to this point. As I said, I, I studied at the, the universities at Elistria. I excelled in language, in, in history, in, in all things ancient. That is, that is where my interests lied. And uh, that is how I, I think I have come to be in your service. Through my excelling, I... I I briefly visited Montignon itself, in fact, when the when the tome of Belvedro was discovered, I was a junior member of the team that began with its translation into the modern elven tongue. My stay was not long, though. Other duties called me back to Elistria and there I have been until I, uh, until I had the dream that has led me to you. And where did you learn your prowess with, with this weapon that does is not usually the weapon of a scholar? And she gestures to the great axe that he has. Well, during my my studies, we are often uh, encouraged to find uh, hobbies, if you will. I'm sure it's no, it is no secret that elves live long lives. And uh, as such, we have much time to seek out and hone other crafts. And I was not taken to the study of the arcane like many of my brethren were, but I was always more interested in a well-forged blade, in the, in the mastery of one's own body, in the art of combat. So in my time over the past 170 so years, I have, I have trained as such, and I think I've gotten pretty good. <laughs> what of you, Tavia? What, what of your life? I know I, I came, I, I proposed this grand adventure, but I'll be honest, I know very little about you. I know. That somehow you were touched by the gods, though how and why, I... I know not. Uh, she... 
looks into the fire that he had um, started and says, I come from a very different background than yours as all of my family is human and as such, life expectancy is nothing near uh, the likes of, you know, your kindred. Um, however, I grew up much in the same area as you as I grew up in the forest surrounding Elystria and grew up as an herbalist who would often travel into, into your city to sell our wares to aid in the rehabilitation of your people as well as mine. For, you know, as you know, my parents and family are all human, even though I might be other than that. But circumstances, uh, a misunderstanding, uh, greater than misunderstanding, even though it's been just labeled as such, led my family to find uh, more welcoming arms in the arms of, like, Ansel. And... So that's where I find... That's where you found me there. Um, my family being down a member. Um, having... You know, we're, we're not nobles. We're not really anybody. We're just merchants. That's That's all we've ever wanted to be. You seem like good stock to me. We do what we can. You, you definitely held your own against those, against those gnolls back there. I thought that might be the end to a very short journey, but <laughs> they weren't very good, no. Oh uh, well, uh, as much as the touch of the gods has led to almost a curse upon my life due to my difference. It has also led to certain blessings of, of power, maybe unasked for, <laughs> that nonetheless um, have been able to protect me in the ways that I go. He says, are you... Are you prepared for what... For what lies beyond? Those gnolls... They were strong, yes. We dispatched them quickly, but I fear there are greater challenges ahead, and even the the city of Montignon itself, although not populated by these monsters that we faced so far, is populated by a different breed, and perhaps equally as dangerous. Am I prepared? <laughs> Probably not. Uh... <laughs> I've not encountered uh, the different very often besides being able to see from afar the horde of monsters that has surrounded my city for these past 15 years. Am I prepared? No. Is it what I think that I'm supposed to do? Yes. Um, so what do you know of Montagnon? I've been there briefly. I'm I want to know what you've heard. I'm sure you know much more than I just have it from having been there. I know that it is a city up in the north that has succumbed to a, a, a horrible curse. Uh, exactly what type of curse, I, I, I do not know. I don't know anyone who's actually ever been there. I don't know anyone who has who is from there. And so uh, I was... You know, going to ask you what wisdom you would have with actually having been to a city that seems to have been shut away from the world long before the cities were shut by essence of the war. Montignon is an interesting place. Montignon was once a city that has existed for many, many centuries. It was it was built by the elves long before those that you and I know as elves. Long before my people. Built by those before the judgment. One of the few remaining great cities that we have found. As I said, I was part of the team that 
was interested in in a tome that was discovered, the tome of Belvidra, which is the source of much of what we know about the history before the judgment up to this point. From that we learned of the dragon war in which our protectors had betrayed us and turned on us and forced the the ancestors of my people deep deep into into the recesses of the earth informed us as the judgment of the god's hands cleansing the world from the evil which it had wrought and and any history we might know before that but i was lucky enough to not be present during the curse during during the howling night as, as they have come to call it when our scholars delved too deeply and too greedily into the ancient lore and let loose a curse upon the entire city and all generations which would spring from it. It's a curse of lycanthropy, no? You've you've heard as much. She nods. Monsters who roam the streets freely, an entire city of beasts. It's enough to put any seasoned adventurer on edge. But it appears that is where we must go. So I think I'm up to the challenge. I think you are too. I mean, I think that is, if that is where we are called to go, that is, I, we have to be up to the challenge. Mm. And... Well, we have a long... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that even though the curse of the beast might be upon these people, being bestial does not necessarily mean that one is evil per se and as having a relatively having a connection with that aspect of a, even a humanoid's existence there is not potentially as much to fear in the bestial as one might think as you are wise for your age Octavia Sinclair but we have a long journey ahead of us. I think it would do us both well to rest. Mm. And he sort of smiles at you and he says, I will take first watch. We get some sleep. I think Octavia will insist on taking first watch. Okay. She, I mean, she trusts Carhoon, but I mean, not implicitly. Sure. Uh, yeah, after some... some discussion he will he will allow you to take first watch but as an elf he only requires four hours of meditation not really sleep so uh, he he sits down next to the fire and crosses his legs and just sort of closes his eyes he says uh, wake me in four hours and I will I'll take over from there will do and as Octavia keeps watch she will kind of let her body kind of sink into a into not a you know not necessarily a meditative state but kind of let that druidic nature you know hear what a warrior might not be able to hear really hear you know hear the the <laughs> bunnies that are like far out and hear <laughs> the the birds that are overhead and kind of feel a calm that she's been unable to feel uh, for years because she's been almost trapped in this city-state in, in Lake Ansel. Um, and a calm isn't necessarily going to settle over her, but a content is. All right. So as you sit there, getting in touch with your natural side, uh, Carhoon begins meditating and the night begins to wear on. And we will pick up here next episode. Mm, sounds good. Mm, hopefully I won't roll like garbage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm like, I don't want you to roll like garbage because I can only imagine how frustrating that is. But I'm also like, yes, keep rolling ones. Five. Okay. Yep. Hopefully, I won't roll another. How many ones? Oh, jeez. You probably rolled another like four or five ones. I rolled a lot. Yeah. Let's just say I rolled a lot. Um. So we will we will catch up there. All right. All right, dear listeners, if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. The best way for us to grow and reach more people like you is you to share us with your friends. So please tell your RPG group about us or any of your nerdy or non-nerdy friends that you think might be interested. And also, if you want to get in touch with us, please shoot us an email at me, my spouse, and a die at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from y'all, and we always try to respond to each message we get. Oh, and we also want to thank Sirenscape for the amazing atmosphere and music. Make sure you check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-scape.com. Catch y'all next week.